you're live. Wait, now we are? Yes, I will edit this part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Actually, I might keep that in right before we go to uh, the intro music. That would be great. Yeah, do it. We need a a cold opening. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that. All right, hey everyone, welcome to episode 64 of the Utah Royals FC show. I've got Cindy and RJ with me. How are y'all doing? Good. It's good to be back on the infamous, infamous, I don't think that's a word I want to use. Let me try that again. Famous? Um, Yeah, famous, uh, famous Utah Royals FC show. It's good to have you back. Yeah. Thanks for still being my friends. It's been so weird not to talk to you guys. Like we, you know, we're in Slack together and all of that, but it is so weird to like not have the podcast just because it gets baked into like my schedule and I'm like, oh, I want to go talk to my friends about some Mm -hmm. soccer. I Uh I can only type to my friends about some soccer right now. Yeah. I think what I appreciate this about this podcast is that I come on a show and people know what I'm talking about. Um, I have another friend, She's, but she's a North Carolina fan, so I kind of have cut her out of my life. So Jenna Miller, if you're listening to this, I still love you, but... I think it's time you switch teams. <laughs> I have friends from all NWSL teams and I love them equally because oh. all soccer matters. Oh, man. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know, this is the first podcast where I think it's been three people in three different states because normally we have at least like Megan on or Lucas will be a sub. Where is Megan? No, I think he, I think the three of us have done it before. Yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was right. like, it was when there was a technical difficulties and it was my fault. Remember that? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which, right. which I have figured out. I think I Yay. cleaned up a lot of my computer, so we should be good. Watch it crash awesome. right now. <laughs> awesome. So uh, to get right into it, this is going to be kind of a longer episode. We're going to talk about a few things. First and foremost, though, super stoked to announce that Brittany Ratcliffe is going to play more of a semi-permanent role in our podcast. She's going to come on once or twice a month and just sort of analyze games. And so that's going to be incredible. We'll have that coming up. So uh, we're going to have her talk for a little bit. We're going to talk about last game. We're going to talk about the game against Portland. And then we're just going to talk about the World Cup for who knows how long. So uh, here is Brittany, and Brittany is a champ for coming on and doing this. Absolutely incredible to have her and her insight. So take it away. Hi, URFC show listeners. It's Brittany Ratcliffe from the Utah Royals. Um, I hope everyone had a great weekend and is enjoying their summer so far. Um, But I am just here to talk about the game from this past weekend against Sky Blue FC. Royals got a big 1-0 victory, which was clutch, and I'm super stoked about it. But I'm really just here to talk about my thoughts on the game, what I saw, and yeah. So for starters, I think the thing I want to talk about offensively is obviously Amy's goal. It's no secret that it was an amazing shot, a brilliant finish on her part. But I think what was important about the goal for me was how the goal presented itself. Um, If you look at the play, you can see that uh, we defended well as a team and got a throw in. And Amy, who normally stays pretty high up the field, checked all the way back in our defensive third, got the ball, stole the ball off the other team and 
dribbled up the field. And I honestly thought she was going to either lay it off or slow the ball down and either dribble some more. But she was aware enough to see that the goaltender was either off her line or wasn't ready for Amy to shoot and hits this perfect laser upper 90 shot. And I lost my mind when it went in. I was like, goal of the week. Amy's the best. Like, love her. Like, it was it was amazing. But like I said, I think the goal was special because it just embodies Amy as a player. She's tenacious. She's competitive. She always works hard, and she's always willing to do the extra effort to get the goal or create a dangerous opportunity. Um, you can see she checked all the way back into midfield just to get the ball. You know, I think that's important on any team is having players that are willing to do the extra, do um, the extra run, make the extra tackle on offense and defense for a forward to be able to defend or a defender to be able to attack. I think it's all important and it's all in the flow of the game. And I think it was a great goal on Amy's part and great individual effort and it paid off we she got an amazing goal and the team got a crucial one nothing win so I thought that was great on Amy's part um, I think we're still looking to create more opportunities I think the ideas are there you could see that sometimes either the final pass was a little off or the the run wasn't particularly there but it's good that we're trying to be more dangerous in the transition. I think selfishly, I wish we had a little bit more opportunities, more like six goals a game kind of thing, just so I can relax when I'm watching the games. But I think it's going to come. It just comes with time and chemistry. And like I said, you can see the ideas are there. And once it clicks and once we get the finishing touches, I don't think we'll be able to be stopped. I think the goals will just come, but we just need to hammer down like the fine points and just keep working on it and keep working together as a team. Um, in terms of defense, I know I'm a forward, so I don't have to defend too much, but I will do a defensive analysis. Um, in terms of the first half, I think we did a really good job at stopping Sky Blue from being outright dangerous. I know they had a few crosses, which Barney handled amazingly. She's such a great goaltender and she always does well in there. I think the back line handled the crosses good as well. Um, but I think it was good that we were able to keep Sky Blue in front of us as a team and force them to go to play balls down the sideline and then force crosses in versus allowing them to break us down in the middle and have wide open shots in front of our net. So I think that was good in the first half. And then in terms of the second half, I think we just had to weather the storm for the first few minutes. Sky Blue obviously was down one nothing at halftime so they were going to come out hot score fast score early score as many goals as we can but I think we did a really good job at stopping their opportunities and then weathering the storm feeling them out and eventually they didn't get that many opportunities towards the end of the game so that was good that was good for us and then just looking at the game as a whole I think it was disjointed at times but the most important thing for me was that we were able to get the three points regardless of the situation I think you can always improve um, we wouldn't be athletes if we didn't always try to improve and better ourselves and I think we're going to be improving things now and even into September and October but I think it's important that as you're improving and as you're working on the things you're working on 
that you're able to get three points because you get the three points on the weekend and then during the week you work on the things you need to work on and then you maintain the things you're good at. There's nothing worse than going into a game and either not executing the game plan like 100% or you just don't play well up to your potential and you don't get three points. You know, I think we're second in the league for a reason. We've been able to be scrappy to get the lone goal to finish our opportunities and hang on to the wins and we've been able to stay at a position where I think we're pretty happy with versus not getting the results we needed and being at the bottom and then having to work our way up. I think that's the difference between last year and this year is we tied a lot. We didn't really get the results we wanted, but now I think we're really determined on finishing our chances, getting the three points and getting to where we need to be. And like I said, it's, it can only go up from here because it's still early and I don't think we've even come close to peaking or reaching our potential. So I'm really excited once things get going and we can't be stopped. And I'm really excited to see what the future has in store for us. Um, In terms of players of the game, I'm biased. I'm a forward. I appreciate a good goal. I have to give it to Amy. That was, like I said, a great individual effort, but it was also great for the team. Um, It came at a great time. It came early. We were able to score, keep the momentum, and maintain the win for 90 minutes. And I know, like, defense is important, and defending as a team and working together as a team is important, but... You can't win games if you don't score goals, you know? And I think Amy did a great job of taking her opportunity, running with it, and getting that crucial goal that we really needed. Um, And I also wanted to talk about a play of the game that really stood out to me um, and was an important moment in the match was Gabby's slide tackle in the second half in the box. I... I think it was good on Sky Blue's part. They broke us down in the middle, and Savannah McCaskill essentially had a wide-open shot on our net. And Gabby was super brave, came in, made the tackle. And I don't have to defend too often in our box, but I can understand the pressure and the, the scariness of a situation like that. Do you slide? Do you not slide? Do you risk a penalty? Do you not do anything? You know, And I think it all has to happen in milliseconds. You have to make a quick decision, and I think Gabby did a great job it was a clean tackle and it was perfectly timed and I think it was important because if Sky Blue scores that goal and ties the game it changes the dynamic of everything so good on Gabby I think she's been playing great all year and it just shows the effort she puts forth and how good she's been for our team and it was a great tackle and it was really really stood out to me um so yeah that's all I really have to say about our game in terms of me <laughs> over here in Jersey, I'm, I'm good. I'm enjoying the World Cup. I love being able to wake up and having three games on every day and I just watch soccer. You know, it's, it's great. It's such, a, it's such a good time of year and it's such a great tournament and I think it's been doing really well. And then in terms of my ACL, again, doing well, doing my rehab, focusing on strengthening, just getting back to normal and being able to get cleared in the next few months so that I can come back to Utah and be reunited with my teammates, my coaches, the fans, all of you guys. I I miss Utah so, so, so much. So um, I'm really counting down the days until I can come back. But um, yeah, I'm doing good. And I hope to hear from everyone soon. Thank you so much for supporting me during my recovery and all the kind words. I, I wouldn't be able to get through this without y'all's support. 
and thank you guys for supporting the Royals and myself and all things Utah because I couldn't imagine this league, this experience, this life without you guys. So thank you so much for being the best fans in the world. And I'm sure y'all will be hearing from me soon, but thank you so much again. Bye. How lucky are we to have that insight? This is incredible. Yeah. It's it's pretty neat. Like not a lot of podcasts get players to come on and and talk about this stuff. Yeah, That's true. I will say that Brittany Ratcliffe may be one of the nicest human beings on the planet. Just saying. Absolutely. (laughs) A total gem in what she does for fans Mm -hmm. is amazing. She deserves an award. Yeah. And we want, wish her the best. Uh, Still gutted. Taylor, Lido, how about, and Brittany Reckless. How about an N, How about an NWL championship? Do you think that would, mm. you know, make up for for the knee? I think so. I think so. I think so. Um, anyway, so Brittany, you're amazing. Thanks for giving that insight. Let's go into the game ourselves a little bit. So, what are some of y'all's thoughts? That Amy Rodriguez goal is the (laughs) most beautiful goal I have ever seen while watching soccer. And I am not just saying that. Like, legitimately, that was the most beautiful goal I've ever seen. The buildup, the shot, the placement. It was was literally, if you look up a perfect goal in the dictionary, there is a gif of this goal playing. Yeah, it was was pretty amazing. And I didn't realize this until the following morning when I was kind of rewatching it because I was checking Twitter. And I noticed that, I mean, she took the ball from midfield and she was just like dribbling and then it was like, kabam, and it was in. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. Everything oh. about that just, I don't know. Really? I, I could not name you a better goal off the top of my head. Maybe the Flying Dutchman, the <laughs> words are hard, the Flying Dutchman by Robin Van Persie in the World Cup. But other than that, like, it's just amazing. That is, that has got to be up there for goal of the year. Absolutely fantastic. I can name you goals yeah. with more like importance, like the Alex Morgan goal in 2012, mm-hmm. or you know the Tobin Heath free kick from the 2013 NWSL final. Like there are goals that you can name that have more importance, but just like taking the ball from like 15 yards on the other side of midfield and just. And not even just going straight down, like being able to curve across the field the way she did. It was just, it was so good. It was, it was just so good. Mm-hmm. And she's just, and she's just playing amazing. And I, and I think this is what I've noticed. And I, I'm sure RJ has said it. If Amy Rodriguez has a good game, the Royals will have a good game. Um, maybe that was you, RJ. I've heard it somewhere, but it's just yes, so crazy. You have said that. It's crazy how important she is to this team, especially with Kristen Press gone for, what, the past six weeks or so. And she's just playing like, I mean, if, if if the U.S. women do not make it to the World Cup final and Amy Rodriguez is having the season of her life, I hope Joe Ellis regrets not including her. But that's because I'm a big Amy Rodriguez fan and I took it personal that she's not on the U.S. team, but it's also good because the Royals need her. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair that A-Rod is no longer on the national team. I, I, I do think it's fair with the players there. Um, I Like, look, if Amy Rodriguez went to the World Cup again, like, you're not going to hear me complain all that 
aggressively. Um, but I think she's just somebody who excels in a club environment. Like she is one of the most deadly forwards this league has ever had, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think players like her, I think need to become more common. The players who were either on the national team or on a national team and are no longer even a thought in consideration, but still playing in the league. That is the key because those are quality players. Her, Sid LaRue, Steph Cox up in Seattle, Tacoma, wherever they are now. Um, players like that need to stay in the league. Like the league needs to retain those players because they're so valuable, both as players that people know and just from a talent perspective. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that Steph Cox story is so cool. I'm sure we'll go mm. into that in a little bit more depth before the game against the rain. But yeah, that's a great story as well. All great points. All great points. Um, I was also super impressed with Sam Johnson. I'm not going to lie. Um, Sam Johnson was not good earlier this year. She made a lot of mistakes, gave up some goals. This game, it's like, wow. You know, you, you know she's, and RJ, you've talked about this before, is that she's in an unwinnable position, you know, given who, who she is replacing. But absolutely fantastic. Made some incredible tackles, incredible movement. She was even up like in the top of the 18. I think she was the highest player on the field on one of those early breakaways, which is like kind of scary. Like why is my center back, you know, making runs that a winger should be making, but it's very exciting at the same time. And you always knew that she was capable of having these performances where it's, you know, a step before the goal line save has to be made. And so it's awesome to have seen her do that. And so she won player of the match, rightfully so. Hopefully she can keep that up. Yeah, I think seeing her be good is a good sign for the team because they are so thin on defense with everybody gone for the World Cup. Yeah. And I think we all <clears throat> hoped this is the player she could be. I think we all knew that it was possible she could be this player. So seeing her be able to be this player is just really satisfying. And it sort of confirms all of the things that I think a lot of us hoped she would be is just somebody who is super solid mm-hmm. and super competent at her job. But if I remember correct, and RJ, you can correct me on this, but I f- think she was a starter in Chicago. Um, uh, she was at least part time a yeah. starter in Chicago. So just from what I remember with her time in Chicago, she did pretty good. Um, she was pretty solid, at least enough to keep her in the starting rotation. Um, but again, you come to a team like Utah who has, you know, Becky and Rachel Corsi and <laughs> Kelly O'Hara. And that's like Becca Morals. That's a very hard core of defenders to break into, you know. So I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm glad she's getting the time and she has improved a little bit like this season but I I think that's good for Utah I think another storyline with Sam Johnson that's worth talking about too is this sort of notion that even though she is sort of background cast compared to you know Sarah Brown and Corsi up there but we're very likely going to go through the same thing or a similar thing that we're going through this year with the Olympics and you know no one wants to talk about age but, you know, Becky is eventually going to retire. Becca Moros is mm. eventually going to retire. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though Sam Johnson isn't a whole ton younger, you know, in two to three years, she could be, I don't want to say two, in three to four years, and obviously we never know what the climate of the league is going to look like or trades and so forth, but she could be that starting center back. I don't know. Hmm. I I don't know what Laura Harvey's going to do between now and four years from now. I don't know what the league is going to do between now and four years from now. Oh, I could absolutely see Sam Johnson be good trade bait once we get past this World Cup, depending on who Laura Harvey's targeting. Um, I I don't know those tea leaves. So for now, I'm just really happy she's playing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Fair. Also on the notion of defense, should we talk about the rooks a little bit? Gabby mm-hmm. Vincent, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Wowza. Mm-hmm. What finds? Mm-hmm. Is Gab remind me, is Gabby Vincent the tryout player? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. You think about I think it was mentioned in this podcast where you th- I mean, I know I'm like, why have tryouts? The league is so small. Why are you doing this? But then you get a player like Gabby Vincent. You're like, oh, all right. This is why they have tryouts. Um, And even Laura Harvey talked about that. And I think that's what I love about Laura as a coach is I think what I I think what sets apart really, you know, good coaches from the great coaches is that um, they believe in their players and they just know how to use them. And um Laura is one of those players. I mean, she talked about Gabby Vincent and even just her just like praising Mackenzie Doniak when she scored that goal. How like before, I think the week before she had had a rough game and just kind of, it was rough for her. And Laura just kind of encouraged her to, you know, give it time and her time will come and you never know. And sure enough, it was like one of those emotional moments for, for Mackenzie Doniak to, to do that and just to hear Laura just talk about her and, and just how how much you you can tell how much Laura truly cares about her players you know so mm-hmm. that's that's really cool to see and when you look at Gabby Vincent you're like how much of how much encouragement and belief and I mean for a coach to I know I mean like when a coach believes in you it's like a parent believing in you and you can pretty much do anything you know so I'm pretty sure the encouragement and how much Laura has just invested in you know, encouragement and time and, you know, even the criticism that you need as a player has been key for Gabby Vincent to be that player, you know, that you don't have to be this big name or come off this crazy, you know, draft number, but you can play the game and you have a coach who believes in you and you work hard and you have players like Gabby Vincent. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% think that Laura Harvey is a player's coach. That's Mm -hmm. the reason why Sam Johnson asked to come to Utah. You know, Mm. that's the reason why Hope Solo on, I think it was BBC said, Laura Harvey is the best coach I've ever had just a couple Mm. days ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And RJ, you probably know a lot from just following her in Seattle too, you know, and Laura Harvey is, I think, an amazing coach. Mm -hmm. I think she is even better at being a coach because she is not the GM in Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I had a lot of criticism of her in Seattle and sort of her last year there um, when it came to keeping players too long. Laura Harvey is a player's coach. And part of that is 
bonding with your players. And that becomes very hard when you probably should cut somebody who you really like and who you've bonded with over, you know, three, four, five years. And especially gone through sort of that first season. Like she kept players that she shouldn't have. And I and I do think part of that is because she she had a relationship with them. And sometimes that is a very hard position to be in. Um, being their coach, being their GM, you know, being one of the only female coaches in the league. Like that is that is a difficult position. I think having um, having the GM, having Stephanie Lee be another voice in that, being somebody she can talk to about how do we bring this player in or how do we make this trade happen, I think that is so much better for who Laura Harvey is as a coach. And I think you're seeing that happen. I think some of the trades getting Kristen Press, I think I think Laura Harvey probably could have gotten Kristen Press if she was the GM, but I think sort of having that tag team approach and being able to have somebody in a different role than Laura Harvey make some of those decisions, um, I think that's so good for her as as a coach, and it takes a lot of that sort of responsibility on a day-to-day off of her shoulders so she can be the talent scout and the coach that I think she is so incredibly good at. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the last things I wrote for Sounder at Heart was basically a piece that was like, Laura Harvey should be a GM. Laura Harvey should be a coach. She should not be both. And I think in Utah, she's found a place where she can have a really good relationship with the GM without being that GM. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think seeing Vincent, seeing some of the other people, um, she's brought in and some of the trades she's made and some of the, the things she has done. Yeah. You come to play for Laura Harvey, but she's not your GM. That's a different, you know, that's a different power structure. And I think that helps her. And I think it makes it so she can be the Laura Harvey that I think we all sort of love as a coach. If you love Mm -hmm. Laura Harvey's coaching style, I think this just makes her better at it because she doesn't have those GM pressures on her. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, uh, more time to you know allocate to each task Mm -hmm. um yeah barney absolute wonders i think especially that leaping dive on that free kick barney just wow seems like she can't get any better you know would you guys like some uh a quick stat drop because these stats legitimately i didn't know her stats before we were talking so i looked them up She's third in the league right now behind Steph LeBay and Audrey Bledsoe in goals against average with 0.71. Um, so Steph LeBay has played four games. Audrey Bledsoe has played seven. Audrey Bledsoe has played out of her mind. And Nicole Barnhart is just behind her um, out of players who've played more than two games. Like Barney mm-hmm. has only faced 20 shots because somehow the Utah defense is doing a really good job at not putting a lot of shots to Barney, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of amazing. Like, I think that really goes to her organizational skills and her ability to work with young defenders because mm-hmm. I don't think most other goalkeepers could look at the back line that Utah has had to play in some games and made them work the way that Barney has worked. I think she is an amazing organizer, and I think you can sort of see that in the last few games that she's been able to draw out things in defenders that not every goalkeeper could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am, I'm super impressed with her. And if you didn't tell me her age, I would not guess she's the oldest player in the NWSL. Mm-hmm. For real, for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is, she is defying 
I don't know, physics? I don't know. That, that, Biology, that, I think, would be the correct science there, if we're going to go to science route. Fair, fair. I'm not a science guy. Everyone nope. should know that by now, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's been great. I was really excited to see Sydney Miramontes play. Uh, she didn't have to do a whole ton, um, but it was good to see her play because she sort of dropped off the face of the earth um, for a few weeks in between her coming, you know, being off the injury list. And then she was an 18. Um, and hopefully she can find some form because she's a promising player. But I think if two rookies are starting over her, she's definitely probably on the outside a little bit. Um, I love the whole Alexa Newfield storyline. Get cut, come back, play both games. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I was... Again, that comes again probably with um, Harvey just knowing players and Newfield is one of those who needed him. But um, do we know what happened to Miramontes? She was injured, right? She was on the injury list at the beginning of the season, um, but then kind of faded out. And I think – I'm trying to remember. I, I don't know. Um, okay. I'm trying to look up the injury report. Yeah, neither um, do I. I do remember seeing her. But I don't know if it was, I don't know. That is one okay. you've stumped me. I think I think she was injured. She did get injured in preseason. So if my I don't have the information, but um, yeah. I feel so, like she was. She was injured, but then she was off the injury report for okay, like two or three weeks. But she wasn't in the eighteen or Team. anything. Yeah, yeah. And then okay. she was in the eighteen for the last two three weeks but she she mm-hmm. didn't see minutes so okay like it's a good sign to see that you know and she may have still been injured and like the injury report was just wrong or maybe <laughs> you know a little thing happened between getting it back updated who knows but who knows are you seeing are you saying the nwsl injury <laughs> report is not a hundred percent accurate at all times virjo i am hundred percent saying that and i will defend that to the death <laughs> no, it's it's wildly inaccurate at times. I've seen players literally in walking boots that were not on injury report. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so even with Diana Matheson, it's like she's not she is not really with Canada, but she is. I think they're just treating her as um part of Diana Matheson is getting the Hayo treatment of like mm. technically Hayo is not on international duty but she's also not out she's like she's not on the injury report but she's not listed as international she's just on a media tour yeah. but for some reason Math is on her media tour in her scoot scoot and is also <laughs> listed on international duty <laughs> oh I gotta love the NWSL yeah. I really hope we see Diana Matheson play again. I'm going to be completely frank. I don't know if we do. I don't know if we do, but I think I think she will get a send-off game, if nothing else. Like I think if she, if she comes back and her ankle or her leg can withstand it, Laura Harvey is not above giving her, you know, 30 minutes at the end of a game that, like, if they have the points where it's okay. Yeah. Laura Harvey would do, would do a send off or what we really need in the MWSL. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm going to do it anyway, is we need proper send off games. Like 
Lauren Holiday didn't get a send-off game. Like, yes, she won a title and then stopped playing, and that's awesome. But, like, I want, like, okay, all of the people that have played with Lauren Holiday over the years, like, the NWSL do a thing, and these players, or the club do a thing, and these players get to have, like, proper send-off. Sell tickets, do the whole thing, and make it an event because a lot of other sports do it. You know, you have the one-day contracts in, in football and baseball and different things like that. Like, I want retiring to feel like yeah they'll do jerseys and stuff but I want it to feel important and I want like a player who has a strong connection to a club should be honored for that like you know Lauren Holiday was in a lot of ways FC Casey like she just was that team like you know you look at like Lori Kolupny in Chicago like for a long time she was that team and they did something after she retired but it would be really cool to see sort of those send-off games be able to be done Um, oh yeah I mean you know that doesn't really happen in the MLS either um but I I really really wish it did wish it did you know honestly my favorite soccer memory in the last 12 months is you know Robin Van Persie retired and a few minutes before stoppage time, both teams just sort of like lined up in a row and he walked off. And then after the game, he and his kids were handing out special jerseys for him. And, you know, there was a whole ceremony. Y- you need that, I think. And to be completely honest, um, I don't think Diana Matheson is not someone who has defined Utah Royal, right? Like she is a rotation player. And so, like, I like this conversation, and I'm definitely all for a send-off. But one thing that's really interesting that I think a lot of NWSL fans don't get is that, or, you know, it's not that they don't get it, they just don't know about it, is that Diana Matheson is a legend for the Canadian national team. She is one of the greatest Canadian soccer players to ever, ever, ever play. So even if it's not like a, you know, you epitomize Utah Royals, I think like a, you know, a you... Uh, not necessarily epitomize Canada either, but a star for Canada for a very, very long time. And she is one of the best to ever play the game. I think in a lot of ways, Washington would probably be the team. Like if you're going to pick a team for DMATH on a yeah. club level, it would mm-hmm. probably be Washington. Um, I don't know if there's uh, much love lost there at the moment. Um, but I do think like you can sort of have like the NWSL legend category, quote unquote legends, and have it be, okay, this is the club team you're on, or this is the team that the player wants to do it and the club is willing to. Like, you know, I don't see it happening, but like if Kristen Press, like say she miraculously decides to retire next year, like Kristen Press is a is a Chicago Red Star. Like yeah. in terms of what people know her for and her body of work in the NWSL. It's, it's mostly the red stars and if the club and she wanted to do a thing like i think that's perfectly appropriate i just i want there to be more stuff like that because i think like send off games like hail coming out and the nine for for no sub thing like i was in tears because that is one of those things that matters to fans and i think the nwsl is not very good at making events that matter like there's no all-star game there's no like lead up really to the championship game there's there's not a lot of sort of that you know important emotional weight that like resonates with you yeah yeah that's fair <clears throat> yeah I for think, sure i think you gotta have more than um three sentence match recaps first though 
posted mm-hmm. a day late. There's like one person in their comms department right now. I I know at least one person who works for them and they're overworked and underpaid. So during the World Cup, I'm going to give them a slight tiny bit of a pass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so will I. But, you know, lots of work to do all around, unfortunately. And everyone in this league is underpaid. That doesn't make it right. Basically. But, you know, it's a whole shift needs to happen. Don't know how, but it does. Um, anything else we want to talk about the Sky Blue game? Uh, Vero, like, kind of looked like she hurt herself or Ooh, yeah. was hurt. That would yeah. be a bad thing to not talk about. Um, per Instagram, I think she's fine. We'll see. I think I think Vero's probably one of those players that you're going to have to keep down in order to keep her down because... I think even whatever I, her ankle, I'm assuming she's probably going to wrap it up and go out there. Kind of like, you know, you kind of do want those players, but at the same time, you do think, hey, take it easy. And that's what happened with Kelly O'Hara. She was playing injured for so long. I mean, I think all last. Yeah, basically last, all yeah. of 2018. Yeah, she played injured and that's like, oh, shoot. And now like she had to do this. So. I think Vero probably would have had to break that ankle for her to not play, but uh, at the same time, recovery. But at the same time, it is Portland this Friday, so... You need that explosion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... Oh, man. Like, the schedule is both a good and bad thing, because if, if Utah can get through Portland and North Carolina, it's okay. Like, they have another Sky Blue game, and then they have another Portland game where everybody should be back. Because um, it's weird. The U.S. players will be gone the longest. Whether they go to the final or not, the U.S. players will be gone the longest. So, like, Katie Bowen will be back fairly soon. Rachel Corsi will be back fairly soon. Like, they're mathematically, they could still go but they're not. Um, they'll go one more round and then get bounced. Um, Canada might be gone for a decent amount of time, and then the U.S. So it's the U.S. will will be gone longer than everybody else. But there's a chance everybody but the U.S. players could be back for that Sky Blue game. Maybe even the game before that. Yeah. Um, another note on the game... I'm a little bummed with the one goal and that it had to be such a, you know, a freakishly awesome goal to get those three points. I feel like the pieces are there. It's just not necessarily being executed. You know, I feel like this is a game where you probably should have gotten two to three, maybe more goals out of. Yes. Orlando definitely should have. Orlando, wow. Sorry, my brain. Hi, Luis. I, I was looking at scores going, what's going on? No. Yes, absolutely. Utah should have scored more goals this game. I think Vero coming out changed things and they got a little bit gun shy. Um, but yeah, they're, they need to start scoring two or three goals in games where they should score two or three goals. Mm hmm. Like Brittany said, I think it's coming together and I think we will see that. But, you know, like it is as annoying as it is, it is sort of a, a trust the process kind of thing. But agree, I would like to have that, you know, be now. Obviously, goals are mm-hmm. fun. 
Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts before we switch direction towards the Portland Thorns? Hmm. I feel for mm-hmm. Sky Blue. That's all. I didn't realize that they were still winless until I was writing the preview. And I saw that it seems like the same Sky Blue from 2018. It's not good. Like, it's just not good. It's not good enough in the NWSL that this is a team that we have. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. It's not. It's not. Yeah. But yes, Virtue, that's that's all the only thought. Sounds good. Lucy. Yeah. Um, so Portland, second place last season. They had a plus twelve goal differential. They scored forty, conceded twenty-eight. They had giant stadium uh, renovations out there in oh, Portland. Yeah. So um, they had their first six games on the road. The Portland, same for the Portland Timbers. They're finishing strong so far. Their last six games are at home. A bunch of, you know, they'll have long s- stretches. 21 returning players from 2018. Uh, they're kind of a different roster with the World Cup, definitely. I still think that this is not going to be an easy game to get a draw out of. What are your thoughts, I don't think Archie? I don't think Utah should try to get a draw out of this game. I don't think you can at this point. I think you have to go for it. Um, you have to try to get these three points because when the full roster is back or close to the full roster is back in July – those points are not guaranteed. Like these points are not guaranteed, but those points are super not guaranteed. Um, and I don't think they will try for a draw, but I also don't think they can count on a one nothing win either. So sure. this is one of those games where I really think Laura Harvey needs to think a little bit outside the box. Everybody needs to step it up. I really hope Katie single can get her mojo back because she was such a good force last year. Um, and Fun fact, if the standings stay the way they are, Utah and Portland are slated to play in that semifinal. So this yeah. could be a taste of what a semifinal looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, it would it, That would be an interesting semifinal match, especially if everybody is back. So I think these are points that Utah needs and needs with some amount of urgency, even though they're in second place right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And... Oh, sorry, but I was going to say, and let's not forget that Laura Harvey's record against Portland is not the most impressive, um, no. especially in Portland. So this is this. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see as how that will happen, because Portland really is bum a thorn in Harvey's back. <laughs> I... That was very punny, Sydney. I'm glad that you got to say that. I know. I wanted to. I was just building it up. Anyway, that's my thought for the day. I am dead. Good night. I think that needs to be the uh, title of next week's episode. Uh, Was Portland a thorn in Harvey's side? Yeah. Why can't she win in Portland? What's going on? I don't know. So so her record, I'm going to defend it slightly. Her record in the first year in the NWSL was literally the worst. Like, it was terrible.
terrible. I don't know if she was categorically the worst in terms of record, but she was bad. Like mm-hmm. Seattle was bad. And Seattle mm-hmm. played Portland a lot that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take out 2013, her record is still not good, but a little bit better. It's a little less freakishly bad. Um, Seattle and Portland played a lot. They played in that year where we had those like rivalry matches. So they played each other a lot. Um, they knew each other very well. And Portland matched up very well with Seattle. Um, and Portland, Mark Parsons matches up well with Harvey as a coach. So I think some of it just comes down to that. Some of it is, it is still a small sample size, only six and a half years in. True. But how many wins does she have against Portland? Two? I have no idea. I don't know what her record is off the top of my head. Well, I, I remember writing... A, spe- a piece specifically because it was after that disastrous. Was it four to one or three to one against Portland last June? I don't remember. I know it was a blowout both times we played. It was bad. Year. Yeah, and they. I mean, this was. They had Becky. They had Rachel. I mean, it was bad. Um, but yeah, historically, Laura Harvey against Portland. Whether her season is good. I mean, even. You know, when she was with Seattle and those two good years, Portland is just is rough for Harvey. And so whenever I see Portland on the schedule f- against Utah, I get a little nervous. Um, but again, different team than last year. And, you know, Portland doesn't have Tobin, Lindsay Horan, Emily Sonnet. Who else plays for Portland? Oh, Adriana French. Um, so... They, it'll be a different cast for the Thorns that Utah is used to seeing. But um, I think on paper they'll be pretty even, but that's just me. Charlie and um, Midge Purse have been really, really good. Mm. Um, and it will be very, very interesting to see how the backline and Barnhart match up against them because they've been a little bit of a dynamic duo at this point. Mm. Yeah. So Amy Rodriguez it's all on you <laughs> and Nicole Barnhart. Amy Rodriguez, Amy Rodriguez needs to have a game. Like she had a beautiful goal. I would take mm-hmm. two slightly less beautiful goals if she scores two. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be tough because it is Portland at Providence Park. And that is, that is a very, very dangerous place. Not dangerous, but, you know, daunting maybe. But also kind of can fire up some some players of yeah we're gonna spoil your party um so yeah but that would be a fun one to attend that is the goal to make it to a portland game because i i yeah last year i remember the one in utah but i want to go when it's portland against utah That'd be really fun. I want to go. I would love to go to a Portland Thorns game just because mm. that atmosphere. Um, I would like the full teams to be there because I, I'm scared to see what <laughs> might happen. With, with It's so random, right? Like with right. the teams being gutted for the World Cup. Like it feels so random. <sighs> it does. It does. But yeah. it should be a good game. Um, so they play – the teams play each other three times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. What is the dun, 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 so then, anyway? Y'all keep talking. I'll look up the info I need. <laughs> good. I think it was I, funny talking about going to a Portland game that uh, Lucas brought up road tripping to the game this Friday in the Slack. I thought that that was really. Oh ironic. yeah. 
I would, uh, if it wasn't like, if it was next year, I would consider flying to Utah just to road trip to Portland with you all. Mm. Let's make it happen. I okay. feel like that would be a super fun time. Mm-hmm. Be a blast. Mm-hmm. I'm game. So I couldn't find anything. Um, this is the first meeting, correct? Am I mm-hmm. wrong? Okay. Yeah, first meeting. Okay. Yes. So I, I think I went super fast, but September 6th is uh, Utah Royals at Portland Thorns on a Friday. So that could be a possibility. But then when do they come to Utah? Ugh. Uh, they come to Utah They come, September 6th. They're in Utah. Yep. And then July 19th, they're in Utah. That's right. So this would be the only meeting between Utah and Portland in Portland. And I think last year it was flipped. So, yeah. Right. I'm so glad we play them at home twice. Mm-hmm. So, so glad that 19th that. game, if the, if the full teams are back for that 19th game, mm-hmm. July 19th, that is going to be a game. Because, especially if the U.S. does well and Heath and Sinclair and Press and O'Hara and everybody is sort of in there. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. Let's just keep winning. Like, that game, I think, is going to be appointment mm-hmm. viewing for everybody, even if you don't care about, you know, Portland and Utah. It's true. But the one the one with what that one makes me nervous is because it is July 19th. And I don't know, you know, players will want to be on a break or will probably be on a break. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just too close to the World Cup that I'm like, I don't want to make definite plans. And then, you know, the players are like on the sideline just watching. So I think I feel I feel like if. Portland didn't have their U.S. players, they would be more at a disadvantage than if Utah doesn't have their U.S. players. That's true. That's fair. Especially their starting goalkeeper. Like, mm. the one thing that has seen Utah through a lot this year is they have not lost their starting goalkeeper. Like, they still have Barnhart there. And as we've talked about, she's still doing amazingly. Mm-hmm. That covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> That's true. All right. Shall we slide over to listener questions yeah i love listener questions me too all right so becky with the good sleeve says i think (laughs) weber deserves starter minutes at this point vera means a lot to the team's creation a rod absolutely in beast mode i'm gonna start with dissecting that first one i think weber is very good i thought erica timrak was phenomenal this last game um I would not be opposed to putting Katie Stengel on the bench and starting A-Rod, uh, Weber, and Tim Rack. Yeah, all. yeah. I, I really don't think Stengel is starter right now anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think she's – she's definitely not her 2018 Katie Stengel. Um, she – I mean, to me and – I love Katie Stengel, but she is not, um, she just doesn't look, she's struggling. Um, she looks very slow when she has the ball and, you know, makes some, and I hate being critical. I I really, I really do. But, um, yeah, I, I, if I was Laura Harvey, I would bench her and, you know, put one of the hungrier players. (laughs) Um, that's my two cents on that. 
I would really like to see Raisa. She has been, you know, she was great in preseason and she's still making the bench. I would love, love to see some of that. And we talked about this a little last week, a little bit last week. By no means, I think I don't think Katie Stengel's a bad player at all. I I wonder if it's a confidence issue because she, she's not she's not making runs when she tries to hold up the ball. She's losing it. I don't know what it is. I want to say it's confidence, and I think a single goal would do a whole lot for her. But I hope she finds it, and I hope she finds it soon. She needs to, quite frankly. Yeah. Vero means a lot to the team's creation. I think we all mm-hmm. agree with that. Fantastic. Sure. A-Rod playing on a whole nother level. That's five mm. goals on the season. Yeah. She's what? She's one goal now behind Sam Kerr, and Sam Kerr is at the World Cup. So, I mean, yeah. easily within the next three weeks, uh, Amy Rodriguez can become NWS- the NWSL leading scorer right now. I do love that Sam Kerr is still the golden boot. <laughs> uh, winner at the moment, even though I she know. hasn't played in three weeks. Like oh. Sam Kerr is Sam Kerr owns this league. We all just get to watch it. It's true. Sam Kerr to Utah, please. I would be so happy. I might move to Utah at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, you just—I mean, side note. I would just be happy if Australia win because Sam Kerr won the World Cup. But it's just me. I'm a huge Sam Kerr fan, girl. I have been since, you know, got to watch her in 2017 and what she did at Sky Blue. That year was insane. That year made me just become the biggest Sam Kerr fangirl. And yeah, it's up there with my Bicky Sauberon fangirling. I was at the Sky Blue game where she scored four goals on Kansas City oh, yeah. to, to lead them back. <sighs> that game was maybe the most electric game I've ever been to. Like, that game was insane. That, yeah. Like, I. The press box at Rutgers is on top of the bleachers. Like, it's connected. Mm. The fans were jumping and, sh- like, shaking it so hard. The press box was literally shaking. <laughs> like, the water was, like, shaking mm. in glasses. It was... It was the most mm. bananas thing I have ever seen a player do. And that was yeah. like on like a Kansas City back line and Barney. Like that was yeah. not like a scrub back line and nope. a, a rookie keeper. Like Mm-mm. Sam Kerr earned every one of those goals. That And she had like a PK she missed too, I think. I do, like, yeah. Man, Sam Kerr's just mm. really good at soccer. And there was also another game on in August of that year. Uh, I do remember that. I I. Don't remember who it was against, but again, she pulled something crazy. And it was insane. I, yeah. The joke in the, the press box that year was, okay, it's after the 70th minute. Who's going to score now? Is it going to be Rocky? Is it going to be Sam Carter? Who's it going to mm. be? Mm. That was such a fun team to watch. You know, I know there was a lot of crazy, you know, off field issues with that team and craziness, but on the field, they were a pretty fun team to watch. Oh, they were incredible to watch. That team was that team was a blast. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube and just type in 2017 Sky Blue FC and you'll you'll get to see what we're talking about. Yeah, that Kelly O'Hara was on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh Christy Pierce. Uh that that was a fun team. That was, that was that, and Taylor Lytle, like Taylor Lytle had some beautiful balls in and yeah. assists. Yeah. Like that Taylor Lytle was a really good year for her. Yeah. 
That was a fun team. See, we can connect anything back to Utah, guys. <laughs> we can, for sure. We should have a Sam Kerr special, and we'll bring Ian on to share his <laughs> stories about his interactions with, with uh, Sam Kerr, if he's willing to be that vulnerable. Oh, no. <laughs> Hi, Ian. Yeah. Ian, you're, you are what <laughs> Sam Kerr would. Yeah. Anyway, that was pretty funny. Anyway. All right, moving to the next set of comments. So Boston says, game showed how important Vero and Low are. Good chemistry between Vero and A-Rod. Good depth in the defensive end. Barney's show, she can still play at the highest level. We really miss our international players. Haven't been impressed with Katie Stengel. I thought team looked like disorganized, chasing the ball around. URFC players bunched up in the middle, leaving wings wide open. Not uncommon to see two to three players chasing the same ball. Does not seem to be much connection between attacking players. I thought that comment was interesting. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look for that and and really try to focus on that because I would not be surprised. I think the connection has been a problem, but I also like I understand it. Like that's that's sort of my general take right now in the NWSL is like I get why players aren't connecting and why things look so disorganized because the players that are likely there who would connect things are all gone. Like Desiree Scott would do a really good job connecting the defense in the midfield, but guess what? She's chilling in Paris right now or wherever in France, Canada are, right? Like mm. I I cut teams a lot more slack, but the attack having no sort of bite to it, I do think that needs to change because you have very talented attacking players on the team currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> also, Desiree Scott, please come back. We yeah, miss you. Yeah, for real. She, man, just, yeah, it's crazy. You don't realize what you have until it's gone. Yeah. You know, um, you don't um, realize what you have until it's dancing in a locker room in France. And you're like, please <laughs> come back to us. We miss you. Please come back. I know. I always just, I would be over them. Yeah. It's so crazy. You get so attached to players that automatically you're just Canadian now. Um, you know, pretty sure I have triple nationalities right now. I think we all do. I live like two and a half hours from the Canadian border oh. and up, up where I am, we actually have some signs in English and French because oh. we get so many people down from French Canandia. Mm. Um, but they also drive on the Northway, which if you're from New York at all, you'll know what I'm talking about and they're mm. not good drivers. So <laughs> I love you, Canada, but please don't send your bad drivers down <laughs> when I have to drive to work. You hate living in Utah. Uh, oh man, I... You know, grew up in El Paso, and so we get a lot of the El Paso drivers. I'm sorry, Juarez, Mexico drivers, and it's ridiculous. My dad, no, they drive him insane. (laughs) But yeah, pretty much it's like, wow, I could die right now. (laughs) I see a Quebec license plate, and I just am like, nope, I'm going to get in a completely different lane from you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. Steven says, Rachel, you are one awesome defender. Like, 100% agree with that. There's a reason that our Twitter handle currently is uh, Rachel Corsi fan account. Um, I love Rachel Corsi. I know. She's the Rachel best. Corsi, I'm so sorry. Like, this has not been a good World Cup for Scotland. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. 
like hopefully in four years y'all will be back because or maybe they'll like if they have the uk team like i could see rachel corsi making it so the uk mm-hmm. team might be in the olympics guys we might have another reason and that team will actually be super good so mm. yeah it's true scotland has the you know the talent they're just having trouble executing it and some really really bad luck we'll talk about that in a little bit um carly says what are your thoughts on erica timrak's performance erica starting and do you think she'll get more starter minutes going forward i thought as a whole they did a pretty okay job but individually there were a few that super stood out to me low and vero are definitely key players we need them a rod is a beast and i thought erica was great katie looked better to me last night than she has in a hot minute i have been on the Erica Timrak train since we signed her. Mm. I definitely think she has earned a starting position just because I think she's doing things that the club is missing. And I think she's being effective. If you've seen her just dribble the ball in granted, uh, she had a couple shots that were just, you know, they were right at the keeper and they, they were not near challenging enough. And Erica knows that, but I think that, her ability to move and to open up space. And I think just how much oppositions underrate her, even if she can't finish, can create opportunities to do a lot of damage. So I am 100% on starting Erica Timrak. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Stengel for, I mean, Timrak for Stengel. I don't know. That may require some shifting. But I think Timrak would probably be a better to replace to be, you know, to be a starter. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think if you have Erica Timmerich on your team and she can't make your 11 when everybody is gone, that is a huge problem. So I think she needs to be in this 11 for sure. For sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see next week with Lowback and mm, if that's right, um, you know Harvey does decide to drop Stangle. I don't know. Um, I'll admit my my Portland scouting report isn't the best, but I, I would really like to see quicker wings mm-hmm. or at least more runs being made. Um, any other comments on that? Laura Harvey, now that the world is basically over for Scotland, can you bring Kim Little to Utah, please? Thanks. <laughs> yes, please do. Uh, and Sam Kerr. I would also be okay with that. Yeah. I second yeah. that. Um, I am also on the Aaron Cuthbert train hmm. while we're talking about Scotland. I would be okay uh, with that. She's going to yeah. be so good in a few years. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Estefania Benini can also come. I'm not opposed to most players, really. We'll just yeah. turn this into football manager. And- <laughs> <laughs> Your dream team. This is our this is our fantasy football team, guys. <laughs> guys. Speaking of fantasy football, are you guys playing the sheplays.com fantasy football? No. I, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, I am not just because I'm awful at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm so bad at it. But you know what? I have a team. We don't have very many points because I put freaking Alex Morgan on the bench the day she has five goals. (laughs) 
How dare you bench the great Alex Morgan? Yeah, who well, I had over her. <laughs> I had Sam Kerr, Tobin Heath, and at the time I had Christine Sinclair because I'm like, oh, like first, like I was looking at first round and I'm like, okay, like Sam Kerr is going to do some things like Tobin Heath will do some Tobin Heath things. You know, Christine mm. Sinclair will do some Christine Sinclair things like I was all for it. And then Alex Morgan has five goals and like some player in my league got like 120 points from Alex alone. And I'm like, wow, I'm an idiot. <laughs> dun, dun. yeah no I, I haven't been playing that I think I did an MLS one last year and I don't even know what happened to that I'm really bad at just fantasy stuff I had an English Premier League team no idea what happened I've done baseball no idea what happens so I'm just really bad at keeping track of my life that Cindy, you've actually won all of the leagues. We just haven't told you and collected the money. No, I knew it. <sighs> okay, you can Venmo me my winnings then. <laughs>